So sometimes in our lives, not very recently, but previous to the strangeness that is 2020, we went to concerts and saw bands play live in front of us. And those bands often had an opener. And sometimes those openers were good, and sometimes they were bad. In this case, we will be discussing an opener that I got to see twice, who was wonderful. Um, in this Expanding Our Musical Collection episode of The Black Door Music Argument, I have asked my friend Barry to listen to the album Beginners by Christian Lee Hudson to hear what he has to say about it. For this episode, I am Carrie. And I'm Barry. And thanks for joining and I think, us. I think Karsten's going to insert another name in between our names so Carrie and Barry is not right next to each other. That would be helpful. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. so Barry what'd you think well I gotta be honest with you the fact that I found this 12 year old single malt scotch in my cupboard is not the only reason I'm drinking (laughs) oh baby it's cold outside oh gosh now the first time I listened to it, um, I I had a gut reaction mm-hmm. of, didn't we already have a Paul Simon? <laughs> and then I was like, hey, but you like Paul Simon. Wouldn't somebody sounding generally like Paul Simon in the 1960s make you happy? Right, Barry. And then I was listening and I'm like, you know what? These songs are good, but they are sad. Mm-hmm. They're all songs of longing, mm-hmm. songs of what could be, uh, songs of, hey, I'm sorry that girl I kind of like got in a car crash and died. Yeah. You know, and honestly, um, I forgot to take my meds the, <laughs> the first time I was listening to it, so I was already having a bad day. I should have warned and, you to take your meds yeah. before you listen to the album, yeah. This... <laughs> And honestly, Carrie, that's not a joke. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I was really feeling it. And then I listened to it, kind of had some time uh, this last weekend where I listened to it again. And I was uh, cleaning the garage. So kind of like, you know, had it on the, the stereo, mm-hmm. big open space, letting those jangly guitars and, and tones wash over me and listening and you know what it it did kind of hook me and I could really see especially seeing him in a live situation mm-hmm. where there was a, a different energy mm-hmm. I would I could really see liking this guy now we were just uh, we were just talking about him and I was trying to pull up some stuff so I had some things at the ready and so I pulled up Christian Lee Hudson, and by the way, Hudson is H-U-T. Yes. Every everybody I know pronounce that it sounds like Hudson. We're not quite English enough to pronounce it correctly. Right. I bet that's a big thing with it because I'm a I'm a Pedersen P-E-D. It's the Danish way. No one spells my name right unless I spell it to them. I bet he's got the exact same problem mm-hmm. because no one is spelling Hudson right. So you know what? As I'm saying that, I'm already feeling better about him. You're already getting more but, on board. I like it. But there is a picture of Christian Lee Hudson uh, taken uh, by somebody for the Rolling Stone on the Rolling Stone website. And he is standing in a 
black looks like canvas jacket with a white collared shirt buttoned to the top you can't really even tell what you know it might even be overalls i think, I think it, he's wearing overalls well i think it might be like a jumpsuit like i think it's like a full-on yeah i think it's overalls co- coveralls not like bib overalls like coveralls like you'd wear right, it yeah, a, yeah 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 coveralls. yeah and but he is looking and with his hair other than the little scissor tattoo on his wrist, which is kind of depressing, that it's, I can't I can't look at a scissor tattoo on somebody's wrist and not think that they got problems need addressing. Yeah. Um. But I. Other than that tattoo, if you would show me this picture and you say Christian Lee Hudson as seen in 1963 or mm-hmm. 1974 or 1988, you don't know what year it is. This is a. This picture is written as though you know this guy yeah and then there's another one where he's yeah it is overalls and he's wearing white socks with them (laughs) i do have a problem with the white socks because no listen listen he's wearing white socks and a white button-up shirt now there's only two people who are doing that people who are doing that on purpose and people who are doing that because they don't know better and I can get the people who don't know better because most of them are, you know, asking you if they, you've heard about uh, Jesus Christ. And others are, are working at a gas station. And so I don't know if he's going for a gas station, but this is he is at a photo shoot. So these white socks with this white button up shirt underneath coveralls is very, you know, he means this. Yeah, of course. He and does. so and I'm coming back off him now because I. Oh. Also, if any no. of you need to if he um, had some... picture what Christian Lee Hudson looks like, if you know who Dan Stevens is from Downton Abbey and oh, Beauty yeah. and the Beast fame, just picture just picture Dan Stevens in black coveralls. Okay. And, and I, I don't it. mean to go off on this so long, but I think his intentionality is his main draw. And so I question these thought these the way he's portraying himself here. Well, I think it's I understand very where you're coming from i also feel like he's in the realm so um like phoebe bridgers produced this album she's from what i understand they're like really good but like best friends and Mm. i feel like he's in that same vein of artist that is like trying to be different and not caring what you're supposed to look like and just like doing whatever they want which in right. some cases is what every like what their audience actually wants them to do. So it is kind of what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. But like I feel like it's like I don't need to wear cool socks. I'm wearing white socks, and that's fine. No, and I understand because like every everybody who's serious about being a musical performer is in a costume. You know. Right. I mean, you don't. You know, you don't wear a gas station shirt with Butch as the name tag unless that is what you want it to look like. Mm-hmm. So. I get that he's in the costume. My problem is the costume because like black socks, that says a thing. Rag wool socks, that says a thing. You know, you know, work socks from Fleet Farm, that says a thing. White socks is that says a very specific thing. And I'm not sure I'm on board. Now let's get are back we into, get the into the album. Music at all, though, or are we just gonna talk about these two photos on Rolling Stone? You know, you talk you you're saying that as though it doesn't 
matter. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, he changes his clothes. He sings these I'm songs. I'm not sure he does. Consistently. Based on, well, now I have to look up Chris uh, images. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, okay. Well, here's who was it you said produced the uh, the album? Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, I have more of a problem with her than him. Because as I was listening, um, especially after I was listening to that music wash over me, that Mm -hmm. it's got this modern, it's this modern sound. And I don't know, are my 43 year old ears too old? Am I, do I not know what's hip? But he, there's an acoustic guitar and I don't know if he's playing the acoustic guitar. Does he play it live? Yeah. He, yeah. Okay. So I've seen him twice. And he's opened for um, Better Oblivion Community Center, which Phoebe Bridgers is in with Connor Oberst. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he actually joined them on stage to also play guitar. Um, and then I saw him open for J.S. Ondara, who's now, I think, just Ondara. Um, and I just want to, like, just for the record, the people... Okay, so Ondara is an artist who claims Minnesota as his own. He is an immigrant from Kenya, I believe. Um, and he, sorry if I'm wrong on that. Um, but he came here and he like claims Minnesota as his home. He wanted to be here because Bob, he heard Bob Dylan and he wanted to live here. And anyway, so did anybody tell him that Bob Dylan got his sound in New York? (laughs) No, apparently not. Um, and so we went to the show and Christian Lee Hudson opened for him and like the entire crowd like, just talked super loud and, like, completely wasn't paying attention and was just, like, super rude to this guy. And I was like, you guys, I understand he's the opener. I understand you don't know him. I get that, like, you're just kind of waiting for, like, who you came to see. But, like, don't be dicks to the kid that's on stage, like, playing for all of you. Like, at one point, he Mm. just said, like, hey, guys, you can keep talking, but if you could talk a little lower so I could, like, hear myself, that would be really great. (laughs) just so I could concentrate. And I was like... <laughs> you know, that that's a great thing to say. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I've seen him open twice, and the two times it's only been him and an acoustic guitar. There's no other band. It's just him and his guitar. See, I, I'd like to hear that because I think the albums were overproduced and overproduced with that kind of... <sighs> okay, this is where I'm going to get a little opinionated and, and dickish. This is where you're going to get opinionated and dickish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's where the sound, a lot of it, are, is like these tones of like, and I don't know where they're getting these samples, like somebody playing a Casio keyboard mm-hmm. in a sewage pipe mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. you know, beneath the city. Yep. But it's this dark, you know, you can kind of almost hear the water dripping from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And like, it's this dark overtone that's not music. And I have argued with people and... You know, I don't know if I'm right, but I feel like I'm right. So, but here's the thing. When you feel like you're right, it's the same as when you, you know, it's the same as when you feel wrong. You know, it's, it's, even if you're wrong, you feel the same. You feel like you're right. Right. But here's the thing. You listen to it and his guitar playing is not inspired, but competent. And I wish he would do a little more with that mm-hmm. because I feel his even though he's kind of got this sophomoric uh, tone or meaning in his his uh, in his songs, 
because he sounds like a guy who just graduated high school two or sorry college two years ago and he's kind of reminiscing about that fun stuff that happened and I don't know what I'm doing now and I think with a little more work this guy could be a great songwriter and I think his songs were already pretty good like but like I said it's kind of a little of it got a little more woe is me and mm-hmm. less and I, look I get it if there's a time for woe is me music 2020 right right no yeah I get where you're I get where you're coming from I get what you're saying is the two things I was trying to say in one sentence there um but no I I get that um and I think like I'm glad that I got to hear him before the album because it yeah. was great to hear like just him and a guitar so I'm curious like what my opinion would be if I had heard the album first without seeing him live um, I, I mean, the first song I heard him sing, I, I, when the chorus came up, I wanted to sing, and we've come to look for America. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, that's the fucking song, you know, because they're flying over Chicago and talking yeah. about, you know, I hated it when I lived there, and but now I kind of miss it, and you know, like, yep. um, it's that's a great song. And it touched on a lot of things, like a lot of the the nuance of of living life. And, uh, you know, I don't want to step on his vision, but I think his producer did that. And and honestly, that's what people who are really, really talented and really good at things can work with friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't think friends can work with other friends honestly and productively unless they have a a really good relationship and they can actually uh, take criticism going back and forth because as, as professional and polished as the sound was this album, I don't think that production did, uh, you know, added value to his words. Mm-hmm. I think he was a better lyricist than that production. Yeah, I can see that. Cause when I think about his music, like it is the lyrics that really get me. There's one guitar right. part in um, "Get the Old Band Back Together." He like he doubles on the like the guitar part is the same as the melody on the like on the drop and mm-hmm. quick go, and that's really fun. Like I remember even just like watching his fingers like on the fretboard, yeah. and that was really fun to see. Um, but yeah, it's mainly the lyrics that get me. Um, like. Uh, is it unforgivable where he's like, yeah, where he says, I just can't fucking do this anymore. It's like one yeah. of my favorite lyrics. Like, I was just like, yeah, like this started out good. I just can't fucking do it anymore. Um, which has been kind of an anthem for 2020, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and then uh, get the old band back together. Well, yeah, before we get to that, the uh, Northsiders, I always feel like feels like a novel to me. Like you can feel the story um and yeah like it's super sad but like yeah it just feels more like a story and those are the lyrics that I also really like I like stuff that takes me like into a thing like into a story Mm -hmm. into a tale but I was an English major in college so that's probably why um but I just like a good story and I like when people tell them well and music is one place where you can do that you know I I, I'm sorry go ahead I was just gonna say I think he I think he tells the story very well. Mm-hmm. I think he tells a very similar story over and over then, though, in his album. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think the outlier in that is get the old band back together. Because it's more fun than sad. But I well, think that because... Is, but he also, doesn't near the end, doesn't go, we got the old band back together, but it doesn't feel the same way. Or something to that effect. Well, yeah, they... Um, yeah, like he's it like, feels like I'm at glad 23, that I came. I, got, he's, I like the new name, but with Anna on bass, it doesn't feel the same. Right. For it, sure. It's like at 23, he's having a midlife crisis. Probably. And I wish he could get beyond it because I think, like you, I think he's a talent. I don't think he's got his sound yet. Right. And um, I'd actually love, if you have, if there is a, a live album or him just with his acoustics, you know, acoustic set or something, or a, I'd, I'd love to hear that because I think that would sound better. I think yeah. stripped down, a stripped down garage band sound or just or stripped down you know acoustic troubadour sound is going to do better for him as a songwriter mm-hmm. than his production because i think you know you can do a lot with a with a tablet and a midi player and a microphone in a bedroom you mm-hmm. know that's been proven i at some level it makes me sad because i want the three to five uh, guys and girls in a garage with shitty instruments and, yeah. and and beat up amps playing music together because I think as we're as we're experiencing we we're just talking about this I don't know the last time I saw you literally don't know the last time I actually saw you right this video connection the zoom the FaceTime it's not the same mm-hmm. and we're starting to understand that and so mm-hmm. even though, you know, technology and technologists have been kind of promising this post-humanist world where we can all just sit in our houses and have you know, food delivered by Amazon and we'll see everybody on video and it's the same. And I just don't think it is. And, you know, and I don't think uh, I don't think Kristen Lee Hudson thinks it is either. <laughs> well, yeah, I think. um I feel like there may have been, yeah, like, this album I feel like may have been rushed. I feel like Mm -hmm. Phoebe Bridgers got pretty big and was like, hey, I'll produce your album, and then, like, that will help Mm -hmm. you. And I really enjoy Christian Lee Hudson, um, and I think he's a great songwriter, and I really like his performance. And I also feel like I, I hope that this doesn't, prevent like a second album from happening because Mm -hmm. of yeah like because it was kind of rushed like i feel like this is a great album to start with and have no one know about (laughs) (laughs) and like rebuild on and find your voice in the next album or even like the the one after that um i think that's part of the real quick yeah i'm looking at another picture of him he's holding a gibson (laughs) A small body Gibson guitar mm-hmm. with a with a, a Shure SM58 uh, in front of him. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a white shirt buttoned all the way up, mm-hmm. and it looks like a lamb's wool sweater mm-hmm. with the sleeves pulled up mm-hmm. mid, you know, mid forearm. Mm-hmm. And again, this could have been 1963 or yesterday. Right. You know, it's that's kind of. 
See, that's the guy I wanted to see, and I don't think I heard him. That's mm-hmm. the guy I wanted to hear in the album. Yeah. So let me say this. Bring back the 1963 Christian Lee Hudson. I think he's, I don't know if you need to bring him back. You just need to see him live. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe if we ever see each other live again, maybe see him live. Someday we will be able to go to a show and he will open. (laughs) I guess, I guess, I guess my take on it is keep on, keep on working. Christian Lee Hudson. I think you're a hell of a songwriter and I want, I'm, I'm waiting to hear the next album. That's excellent. I am as well. And, um, also I just want to say that get the old band back together has been stuck in my head for about a year and a half now. (laughs) So thank you for that journey. Also, he tells a really great story about how that, how he wrote that song when he does it live, but I'll save that. You gotta see him live to hear it. Yeah. I guess, you know, we missed, um, who are we going to see this summer? Um, Stone Temple Pilots. No, we were all going, uh, the Canadians. Nickelback. Nickelback. But Stone Temple well, Pilots was opening for them. Oh, that's, were they? I think so. That's how Carson was like oh, convincing shit. everyone to go. <laughs> Who was singing? No, I. As soon as he said Nickelback, as I said yes. As soon as he yes. said Nickelback, I thought we sure sure need to go. But. Well, who who was singing for Stone Temple Pilots? Do I know? I have no idea. I heard there was a problem with their old lead singer. Hmm. Anyway. I've been Barry. I've been Carrie. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, we are so sorry. But this has been the Black Door Music Argument, where opinions are always welcome. But are probably wrong. Including mine. We provide the best research Wikipedia offers. So tell all of your friends and your mistress. Or your manstress. Or your other token female friends. But not your grandma. Unless your grandma's fucking cool. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for us on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet. Like us on Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Talk about us on MySpace. Or Friendster. Stop trying to out MySpace me. And always remember to clear your browser history. But most of all. Especially important. Super crucial. The ultimate. Baby, baby it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside.